nation. No more struggle. No more challenges. No more battle. Because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle. And God said after today, you shall rest from your battle. The battle of your marriage. The battle of your business. The battle of your finances. The battle of your sickness. The battle of your shame. The battle of your disgrace. The battle of your setback. The battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said you will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, Head Pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Change the face of your weddings, parties, family and social gatherings or any form of event with services from Jace Cakes and Floral Institute, your number one one-stop shop in the provision of catering services, decor and event management. Jace Cakes and Floral Institute also caters for your child's future career with an excellent teaching and practical training in cake techniques, decor, floral arrangement, bridal makeup and event management. With an SHS or GHS qualification, you can enroll at Jay's Case and Flora Institute for a successful career in the culinary art industry, leading to an MVTI certificate upon completion. Locate Jay's Cakes and Flora Institute at Adringano School Junction. You can also call for your special orders and enquiries on 0208-888-044 and on the World Wide Web on www.jscakesinstitute.com Jay's Cakes and Flora Institute, your place of excellence and innovation. I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah chapter number 43. I'll read the verse number 18 and the verse number 19. The scripture of Isaiah 43 is a reassuring scripture. It is a scripture that the Lord through his prophet was declaring to Israel to encourage them and to position them and to reassure them of his ever presence with them. And by extension, to let them know that it is their reason and is their purpose. It is there for them. That no matter what it is, he will do whatever he needs to do with them. He reaffirms his covenant with them. That through that covenant, there is no one that can stand before them to prevail. And even if anybody tries them, he will exchange those people's life with their life. He reassures them to let them even know that irrespective of whatever they will go through in life, he will be with them. If it's a fire situation, he will be there. If it's a water situation, it will be there. And in each case, none of them can destroy them. He went further to let them know that he is their God. He is is their substance. He is their provider. He is their everything. And anyone that tries to fight them, he will fight them. And, And this is so reassuring to Israel to let Israel know that it doesn't matter what happens, God is with them. And we go to the verse number 18 and 19. And he says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and river in the desert. Simply put, what he's trying to say is that with all the reassuring that I've given you, if you still have any challenge, I just want you to know that the only problem that you will have for whatever I have told you is to remember your former days. The only challenge you have is to get stuck in your past. 
But if you can let go of your past and you will embrace the future that I am taking you, then you will know that I will do a new thing in your life. And a new thing is not anything you have seen before. So if you want to judge the old with the new, you will miss it. Because if you take your old picture and compare to your current picture, there's a vast difference. Am I talking to somebody here? If you cannot let go of your old image, you cannot embrace your new image. So when the Lord saved us to help us, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 7, he said, chapter 5 verse 7, he said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, the challenge therefore is like the Gnomo situation. Where he went to Jesus in the book of John chapter, he said, Jesus was talking about salvation. He said, how can I go into my mother's womb to be born again? Because at my age, I cannot do it. And Jesus said, no, you are missing it. Because the things of the spirit are not interpreted by the physical. You see the wind blow, but you cannot tell its source. And the wind blows where it listens. And he said, what I am talking to you about, it is not about you going back into your mother's womb because you are already born. But what I am talking to you about is called the regeneration. It's about the renewing of your mind, according to Romans chapter 12. And ladies and gentlemen sitting here, your ability to comprehend your future is determined upon what you see ahead. What you cannot see, you cannot have. So God came to Jeremiah, a little boy at the age of around 57. He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see an almond tree. He said, you have seen right. For I shall hasten my way to perform. What you see determines where you get to. I was in South Africa and I was preaching to them. And I told them that, I, can I be real with them? They said, yes. And I said, I want to submit to them that the colonial masters colonized us. But they could not take our brains away. The problem of Africa is not our colonial master. The problem of Africa is our thinking. The very day we change the way we think, we can stand up to anybody anywhere. The issue is about mindset. And our ability to take control of our mind will determine who we become. Because the game is not played on the ground, it's played on the mind. Anyone that can control your mind will control your future. But I refuse for my mind to be controlled by somebody. I prophesy over your life tonight. Under the sound of my voice, may the anointing of renewal fall upon you. That you begin to see things you have never seen before. That you begin to break every limit of yourself. Any limitation placed over our lives, we take it off in the name of Jesus. We shall arise in a new generation and we shall take our place in higher places. I prophesy over your life that you shall do things your fathers have never done before. It is good to admire somebody but you can do more than what they have never done. I release you today in the name of Jesus by the teachings of this house by the anointings of this house may the Lord lift you to that level that you begin to confront your future and have hope to take what belongs to you behold I will do a new thing he says shall you not know it I will even make road in the wilderness, which means that the wilderness is difficult for road to come, but I will make it. Which means that things that are impossible, I will make it possible. Things that you cannot believe it will be real, I will make it real. I will make it real. So it means that there is no excuse. God is only looking for an available vessel, but not that he lacks power. 
You are falling many times. But remember, Bible said the righteous shall fall seven times and seven times you rise again. You make mistakes and so what? You can convert your mistakes into advantage for your life. Am I talking to somebody here? Your past cannot determine where your future shall be. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. You can arise and become what God has destined and purpose for your life to be. There are no limits anyway. The limit exists only in our minds. But if you can take off that mask, we can become what God wants us to be. I was talking to my senior pastor. I visited him. We were talking. He looked at me and started laughing. And I said, what is it? He said, I am just imagining you some years back. When we were just walking around and nobody even had hope in you. And myself, I look at you and I'll be laughing. And today, if I will know that even when the newspapers in Ghana and the radio and other things, and when they are talking and even comes to national issues, they will mention your name, I will say it's a lie. But today here you are, so it means that you don't know where God is. Because my brother says that where God picked us from, even to pay for our school fees was a challenge. What we eat was a problem. Am I talking to somebody here? What where was a problem? In fact, on my wedding day, my wedding, even my wedding, I didn't even have a suit. The suit that I had to wear was bigger than my size. The only shoe I have, the shoe became so worn out that when I'm walking, I have to balance myself to walk in my shoe. And when I am going to fall under an anointing, I have to use strategy because I don't want you to see what is happening under my shoe. Am I talking to somebody here? Up to today, I've been addicted to coke, not because I love coke, but coke was my savior in the those days. So I cannot let it go. Even when the doctors advised me, I said, doctor, don't go there. You don't know what has saved me. Am I preaching to somebody here? But today, here I was. If I remember that one day I hold a passport, I'll tell the person, change your prophecy because I don't believe it can be possible. But today, you hear it and you are clapping. Today, I have a passport. I can travel all over. And sometimes I need to cancel my travel. If this is not God, who is saying that I'll make road in the wilderness, then tell me who else it is. I prophesy over your life that wherever you are, I declare over you, you shall arise and you shine. For the Bible says, arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. There is no darkness that can stop you. There is no principality that can stop you. There is no witch that can stop you. What can stop you is yourself. And once you receive the anointing, the anointing is the capacity to explode to do the unusual you shall arise and do the unusual in the mighty name of Jesus anything that is standing on your way you will shake it off and you run to your next level in the mighty name of Jesus I call it that Luke chapter number 4 from verse number 42 to the verse number 44 this is after Jesus has preached powerfully and he's done greater things the people were so excited that they still want to keep him and listen to what he said. He said, when, now when, from verse 5, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because for this purpose I have been sent. If your Bible can be highlighted, you highlight that place. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because for this purpose I have been sent. If you can underline your scripture, it will be good. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. So whilst he was in the synagogue of Galilee, they wanted to stop him. But he said, hey, you can't. I need to move on. 
to another place because there is a reason why I am doing what I am doing. So the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is what is making me to move to another city. That means if I don't have anything doing, I would have stayed. Am I talking to somebody here? But there is something that is more stronger than me settling down and building a tabernacle to stay. I need to move on because there is a purpose that is pushing me to go. What is it that is driving you in life? What is driving you in life will determine your direction and your destination. It will determine who becomes your friend and who is not your friend. Am I talking to somebody? If you don't have anything driving you in life, you will choose anybody and you go anywhere. But what drives you in life determines even your taste. If you meet a man on transit, it doesn't mean he's arrived. Because the transit point cannot be comfortable. He might be sleeping on his back, but he might be a king. If you don't check him out well, by the time you land at the airport at his final destination, there will be a car that will come and pick him and you'll be surprised and say, who did I meet? So you don't conclude on me because you met me on transit. You conclude on me when you see my destination. But my destination is predicated upon what is driving me to that place. If you see anyone that is not serious in life, the person has no destination in mind. There is nothing that is compelling to that person. If you see people who are serious in life, it means therefore that they know where they are going and what is in them is like fire that is burning them so they cannot stop. If a car overtakes you on the way, you better stop the driver and find out why he's driving the way he's driving. Don't ask him where are you going. Because what is pursuing determines your speed. And if nothing pursues you, you don't have a speed. If people are slow in life, they think they will live forever. But they that understand it like Jesus who said, I came in the volume of the books to fulfill your will. Know that every second is important. So I cannot waste it among friends who not help me. So Bible says in someone, it's the blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scuffle nor walk in the ways of the sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. It shall become like a tree. In other words, I cannot sit anywhere. I cannot be anywhere because what? I am a man on assignment. If you are a woman and a man on assignment, assignment, you choose where you want to be. Ask somebody what is consuming you. Because your language is determined by what is you are pregnant with. Don't criticize a pregnant woman because you don't know what she's going through. She can tell you she's looking for pizza. You get pizza and say, no, I'll change it. My test has even gone. Now, I don't even need a pizza again. I need some eba. Whilst you are trying to prepare it, I say, oh, change it. Now I need pandadiam with some egushi. And if we ask you, so what else do you need again? Because the truth is that what she's carrying is what is determining her taste. Am I talking to somebody here? Listen to me. Every anointing career is a controversial person. <laughs> you, you cannot carry the anointing of God and be determined 
When you carry the anointing of God, you are full of surprises. I prophesy over your life. May you arise in the anointing of Jehovah and begin to do exploit that they cannot be predictable at any time. May that anointing come so strong upon you that you will defy all us and break through at every point because the Lord has called you higher than where you are. There is an anointing. Pastor, what are you preaching? I'm speaking to you on the next level blessing. The next level blessing. The next level blessing. The next level blessing. So let me take you to Luke chapter 5 now. From the verse number 1, go in. He says, so it was. So it was after he has moved by what is pursuing him and pressurizing him, he left Galilee and moved on further and went there. He said, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simeon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simeon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. If the Bible is just, you can highlight that one too and align it. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simeon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simeon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simeon. And Jesus said to Simeon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. Now, I read from the verse number 1 to the verse number 11 of Luke chapter 5. Now, if you look at this scripture carefully, with what I'm sharing with you, I'm saying that the message I have with you is what? Next level what? Next level blessing. I have read so far three major scriptures. The first scripture as in Isaiah chapter number 43 from 18 and 19 and I gave you some background and I move on to Luke chapter number 4 from verse 42 to 44 and I've made some pronouncements and now I'm sent you on the main scripture which is Luke chapter 5 from verse number 1 to 11. Now let's tie all the loose ends together and understand where we are going. Now the desire of God for you and I is that we don't remain where we are when we get saved. So the desire of God is that when we get saved, we progress. And interestingly, when he created a human future, he decided to cite what progress should be for man by placing all our vital things in front of us. So you have your sight pointing forward. You have your feet pointing forward. You have your hands. When you want to bring your hand back, it's a work. But it's easy when it goes front. Am I right? Everything you have, the vital things are always in front. Why? Because it made us to progress and not to retrogress. So God, in his scheme of things, does not take excuses. So he meets Gideon and Gideon says, 
I can't do it because I am the least in my tribe. And he says, go in this might of yours. Why didn't you understand what I'm telling you, God? God said, I don't listen to excuses. I listen to results. Because myself, when I was creating, I saw chaos and I called forth light. So anytime you confront situations, I know that you can conquer it because I wired you for it. So anytime you sit to complain to God, God will say, change the language. Because the only language I hear is the language of possibility and not the language of impossibility. So he comes to Mary and he says, you shall conceive. And Mary said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Because it does not work with the natural law. And God says, the spirit of the Lord said that through his angel said, no, you are getting it wrong. It is not about you, but the spirit of the highest will overshadow you. Now Mary now understands that, oh, I don't need to give an excuse, but I just need to agree. So he said, let it be unto me according to your word. And instantly the word became flesh in her. Peter sees Jesus walking on the storms of water. For we they were afraid. And the others were saying that this is a good. Jesus said, I am the one. And Peter said, if you are, ask me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. Now, Peter got up and started walking on the storms. He was not sinking when he was walking with the mindset of God. But he began to sink when he took his eyes off God and began to look at the storm. I would say he began sinking. But Peter was a smart guy. He realized that no, I can only come back when I apply the law of God. He said, Jesus saved me. And then the Lord picked him out. What does it mean? It means that natural things will not add up. Everything we see in life is chaos. Why? Because the whole perfection of God came out of chaos. Can I say it again? The whole perfection of God came out of chaos. Now, here you are. God sees, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. When you come to John, he said, in the beginning was the word. Which word? The word that was spoken over the waters. And that word was with God. And that word was God. And that word is the one that became flesh. And we be here his glory. The glory of only begotten of the Father. And he was in creation. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, if the word has not moved, creation will not come out. This building can become a reality. Or it's a reality now because it was taken from chaos. The dust. Nothing was there and it became... So if you are looking forward to the chair you are sitting or happy to work in a, in a, in a, in a plastic company, and you see polish strings and you see the mold, it doesn't make sense. But let it be heated and let it go through the process. You come out as a chair and you sit on it. You are sitting on this chair without even measuring your weight or being afraid to sit on. You are too comfortable and confident. Why? Because you trusted the manufacturer who built it. Now why don't you trust the God who caught things out of nothing? Anything that God does does not make sense. Anything that God does does not make sense. Anything that makes sense, God will not do it. Check through scripture and check the nature of God. What you can solve, God does not need to come in. 
Because he will not be God. Where man stops, that is where God begins. That's why he said he shares his glory with no man. That is the explanation. In other words, what you can do, if he comes in to do it, it doesn't mean anything. If I can carry this, and you come to carry it, what have you done for me? But I can appreciate you when I cannot carry a thing and you carry it. You say, oh, you have helped me. Oh. If it's not because of you, I couldn't have been able to carry this. I will appreciate you. But if I can carry it and you want to help me, sometimes I say, oh, leave it. I can even handle it. I might preach it to somebody. And that is the nature of God. God says, as long as you can handle it, you don't need me. But when you say, God, I can't handle it, then I'll come in. Because when I finish with it, you will know that I am the Lord over your life. Listen to me. You can't get to the next level. If you don't understand how God operates. God can never do a new thing in your life. Or in our life. Until we understand the principle to transit. If we cannot transit. We can't see God. We will never be able to see what God can do. We can't move to the next level. You at one place, you can't move to do things. Anything you have not tested, don't say it cannot work. If you have not tried to drive, why do you say that I can't drive? Have you tried it? The business you are afraid to undertake, have you tried it? Why do you give excuses for it? The second statement I want to make again is that as long as we live in our past, and use all strategies to address new challenges, will not excel. Because new challenges require new approach. That's why the Bible talks about having new wine skin. If you can't release your wine skin, you cannot have a new wine. You can wish for a change, but change can take place when you change first. You can wish for a change, but change can only take place when you change first. You are free to wish it. You are free. <laughs> you are free to wish it. But for it to manifest, you have to change. And change is painful. Wishing is free. But the process is difficult. <laughs> the process is difficult. Every encounter will define your direction. Every encounter you have will define your direction. Whether positive or negative. Every encounter you have. What is encounter? It's a sudden meeting. It will direct, it will show your direction. And it will show which course you should take in life. When Saul encountered Christ on the way of Damascus, his destiny changed. He became an apostle of the end times. Peter and his brothers encountered Jesus by the lake of Ganassaret. All of a sudden, he said, Follow me, you shall become fishers of men. And the rest is history, they became. Peter was struggling. He said, We caught all, we fished all night and caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, we'll launch out into the deep. When Peter was making that statement, he was premising it on three levels of knowledge. On three levels of knowledge. The first level of knowledge. And this three level of knowledge, somewhere, somewhere controls all of us. 
The first level of knowledge for which Peter was pushing or making a statement that we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net for a catch. That is why after they caught the fish, you know he was surprised. Now, if he trusted that what Jesus was saying was true, why would he be surprised? If Peter trusted or believed that when Jesus said, launch out into the deep for a catch, and he believed that when he launched out, he's going to get, why was he surprised? It means that he never believed, but he acted in a way. <laughs> it's simple logic. But he did it. So he acted in a way. He said, we've told all night and caught nothing. That is why it is good for the doctors to do their diagnosis. But their diagnosis does not determine the end results. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.